What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 26 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what an unbelievable weekend we had last week with the Belmont Stakes. Congratulations to Archangelo. Jen Antonucci, as she's been, I mean, featured everywhere, and rightly so, the first woman to win the Belmont Stakes as a trainer. It's an absolutely unbelievable feat, and we continue to knock down these doors. Just absolutely amazing story, and although I didn't have the horse on top, couldn't have lost to a better story. So congratulations again to Archangelo. And I mean, frankly, this past week for Friday and Saturday, for those of you that followed my selections on Saturday and followed the picks on Friday, I mean, we were red hot. Patrick gave out the pick four on the show. Um, I had seven out of 13 winners out of my selections on out of my first selections on Saturday. Just an unbelievable weekend. Hopefully you guys cashed. And if you did, Congratulations, but we're going to get right into it this week, guys. We're going to be talking about the Ellis Park late pick five on Saturday with two listed stakes, one of them being the Monomoy girl with the red hot matchup between Wet Paint and Hoosier Philly. You'll find out who we took and if it's even one of those two horses coming up soon. But if if you are brand new here, you just find yourself coming back and you aren't subscribed, please go below the video player and hit subscribe and hit the like button. It lets YouTube know that this is a show that people want to watch and continue to push out these videos through the algorithm, but also it um, it helps us out a lot. So if you would do that, we greatly appreciate it. If you're more of an audio listener, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Those are the three main um, audio media platforms that we post every single show, not only of Button and Boozin, but of the flagship show as well. So please, if you're more of an audio listener, whether you're listening to the car, listening to you while study, anything like that, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor are your places to go. The Power Picks, guys, like I said, Howard, Howard, Pete, and Paul absolutely nailed it, especially Paul. Happy happy late birthday to him, by the way. It was his birthday on Monday, I believe. So, again, happy birthday to our co-host, Paul Halloran, over on the flagship show, which airs tomorrow, and I'll go over that in a second. But they absolutely hammered the Power Picks. Paul's grid. Paul had Archangelo on top as just one of the many horses that he picked correctly this past weekend but if you're not already subscribed i highly highly recommend it. it's only four dollars a weekend patreon charges 59 15 a month so it equates to four dollars a weekend and you'll get spot plays uh abc grids pick fives and everything like that under the sun if you have any interest at all and you want to make some money go over to patreon.com slash racing podcast and for any uh info about us or any info you could also get a uh, previous editions of the power picks uh anything at all please go to our great uh website hhhracingpodcast.com but guys we're getting right into it here not we're not you know we're i've i've taken so long on these before we're just going right into it we're not wasting any more time we'll get right into the sequence cuz not only do we have a lot of good horse racing to talk about we have U.S. Open action and the NBA Finals and the NHL Finals ended this past week, so we'll get touch. On, we'll touch on those as well. But from the East Coast, New Jersey, Patrick Kunsel, and from Chicago, Illinois, now not at college, Charlie Freeman. Boys, back again. Uh, Charlie, we'll see about that tag. By the way, what's going on, guys? Nothing much. How we doing? Well, you know me, just chilling, making money, and rooting on my own horses. Who? Uh, came in second and third today which was a good result 
for the boys, both at 18 and 17 to one for both those horses to hit the money to show a little bit. Um, I will never complain about them hitting the board, but there is one race that I want to touch on as I posted on Twitter today. Those of you that don't follow me at AP Roscoe K on Twitter, I want to touch on Smoke and Jay's race who just got carded for this Sunday at Ellis Park. But before that, we'll go over to the go over to the chat right now. Christine Race. Thanks so much, Christine, for joining the show. As always, here as usual, boys, for the money. There's no other way, no other reason for you to be here, of course. Just got to make some money. Racing downwind. Boys are back. These guys are boozing out, losing. Absolutely, sir. Cheers to you, my friend. Thanks for joining the show. Ralph, what's going on? Let's make some money. Damn right. Let's do it, man. HHH Racing Podcast. The boss, Howard Kravitz, is here. Crush Ellis Park. Let's crush this Ellis Park sequence for Saturday. Thanks, Howard, for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Paul did have the Belmont winner, Archangelo, on top. And you can go back to that show and listen to what he had to say about Archangelo. And they aired a show two days ago on Monday, a recap with our co-host Patrick Kunzel, as he was also in attendance of the Belmont Stakes with Howard and Paul. But you can hear everything about what he had to say about the weekend and how his picks went and how you heard Ben Patrick's experience also at the Belmont Stakes. Not his first. He goes most years but um still a great show if you have not watched it yet steven vanderbrook astute viewer my friend everyone smash that like button graciously greatly appreciate steven <laughs> a roth walked by paul leaving the bathroom near the contest room a roth should have stopped and say hi man he's a he's a really nice guy and especially with an astute viewer like yourself from the show he definitely would have given you at least a few minutes if not longer so a roth thanks so much for joining the show man greatly appreciate it but guys like i said i want to go into this race real quick and then we'll get into the pick five sequence on saturday this is the um the mighty bow stakes it's on sunday at ellis park again this is not saturday this is sunday it is a full field of, of 10 with an also eligible 11 um i mean you have karatari yes i am free bad beat brian gear jockey making a return just might no balls surveillance and of course, the big gray man himself, Smoking Jay, gets in there with Gaffleon back up that I love to see. Um, this is definitely a very, very tough field for Jay, but or not even not necessarily for Jay, because Jay's numbers compare to these horses in this race. But um Bad Beat Brian, who beat him last time, is in here. Karatari's old nemesis is back in this spot as well. It's just a really nice field, honestly. So I'm extremely excited to see how he's willing to how he steps up to a field like this. Although I would say, even though it was six horses last time, uh, the field, um, the field at Churchill was almost a grade three field. You had uh, bad beat Brian in there and other uh, just might was in there as well. And some other horse, some other really nice horses. But the nice thing that when this, this race got carded was there's a lot, there's enough speed for, uh, for Jay to close into. You got no balls, just might. Yes. I am free is a straight speed horse. Bad beat. Brian's not slow. Karatari's not slow, so there's a lot of horses that will end up injecting some pace into this race, which always creates a favorable situation for Jay as long as he classes up, and I definitely think he will. But just wanted to give a little shout-out to the big man as he races out in Kentucky this weekend. So for all the guys in chat and all the guys on Twitter, let's go Jay for this Sunday. But If he wins this race, do we think Saratoga? I don't know, man. <laughs> Hey, if he runs successfully, if he runs well, I mean, realistically, in the in the in this race versus the Grade Three Troy, I mean, where who else is going to come in? 
like realistically speaking. I mean, maybe Big Invasion for or one of those horses jumps in there just to get a race at Saratoga for a little bit of a prep. But I mean, this is this is realistically grade three, grade two, I mean, grade two edging caliber of these horses. Yep. So, I mean, if he runs well against this field, there's definitely no saying why he can't class up to a race like Saratoga. But Whitney weekend to watch Jay and the Whitney. Now, that would be pretty damn cool. But obviously, we won't know until he runs first in this race on Sunday. But guys, let's get into the actual sequence of the pick five. But um and Joseph Lawson, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Another week, just making some money. Thanks for the nice words, Joseph. Greatly appreciate it. Welcome to the show. And then he also says, nice call. Patrick didn't have it, but you called it lesson learned. See, you got to listen to the booze and boys. And Patrick's, you know, he's right every once in a while. But, you know, it's the way. Few you know. and far between. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, we have the same picks usually. So I can't be, if I'm, you know, denouncing you, I'm denouncing myself. So that's the way it goes. But. Hey, Jim Pillars with all the chalk Belmont weekend. Kyle must have cleaned up. Paul, I mean, Jim, you follow me on Twitter, my friend. You saw hitting some nice doubles. I actually got, we got a, not a chalk chalk double. It was three to one, nine to five double that paid 15 to one. I mean, hello? That's just giving away money at that point. It's insane. Yeah, see, the Troy's on, and then uh, Howard goes, Troy's on Whitney Day, grade three, going 300K, going five and a half. So, I mean, that's right in Jay's wheelhouse, realistically speaking, as long as he runs well on Sunday. But obviously, I'm not the boss. We'll consult the boss on that. But he's also thinking about going that Whitney weekend. So that's we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm there's obviously no promises and there's no aim at all right now. Jay just has to run well on Sunday. We'll get him an allowance that week too. See, you know? <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Anything? Hey, see one of my horses race at Saratoga. Now that that is going to be. And then you know, uh, Howard just comment. I'm waiting for it to pop up here. Um, but he goes, is anyone going to be there for the Whitney? I don't know, Howard. What do you think? I think there's might be a a, uh, a group barbecue that weekend uh, with a bunch of us, if not all of us. I don't know about Pete or uh, or Charlie yet, but Patrick's going, Howard's going, Paul's going, and the rest of the of the Breeders' Cup crew will also be going. So if you guys are out there for Whitney weekend, please stop by and say hello. But guys, uh, enough enough dilly dallying here. Let's go into the pick five. It starts with race six on Saturday. It is a $127,000 allowance race going a mile in the 16th on the turf. And as I bring up the Equibase right now, it is a full field of 10 with four also eligibles. And there's some really nice horses on the also eligible list. I mean, you have Ocean Point and Dunedin, I believe is how you say it. I always mess yeah. up his I always mess up his name, but and I get yelled at for it in the comments. But um, a full field of 10. The morning line favorite is the number nine Anglophile for Gaffleone and Brian Lynch. And as I bring up our picks right now and I'll switch the PPs, there are two of us going with the chalk in this race. And it is a surprise, surprise me, but it's not Charlie for once in his life. Um, Charlie is going <laughs> with the number five, who I have third and Patrick has second. And the number five is Demolition Duke for Chris Davis and Brian Hernandez. Hasn't re- hasn't run on turf at all in a pr- in a trainer switch coming off of Brad Cox, but Charlie, you have the floor, my friend. Why are we wrong, and why is Demolition Duke going to win? Yeah, for, so for starters, I just want to address the fact that I don't even have the favorite in the top three. So I really want anti talk to make a statement <laughs> early. I will say in advance, this was a very difficult card in sequence. So by no means do I think I'm bold, especially when you consider the favorites three to one, and then the second choice, who I went is seven to two. So I don't think I'm being that outrageous. But, uh, yeah, the reason I ended up with Demolition Duke, quite honestly, is I just like the figures. Obviously, if you look from a figures perspective, uh, Demolition Duke 
clearly stands out in my eyes like a sore thumb compared to the rest of this field. And I also just like the tactical speed and that this horse has shown the ability that it can sit right off the pace with a stalking trip and then make that move. Uh, been working decently. Again, I like, I also just like Christopher Davis a lot as a trainer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know obviously he was previously trained from Brad Cox, who's obviously one of the best in the business. So it is a slight, obviously downgrade in training, but again, I, I like the figures on this horse. And I think a lot of the horses that excited me were closers. So I just feel like demolition Duke is going to get the first jump out of the fir- out of the real contenders in the race, in my opinion. And I just think demolition Duke, if it sits the right trip, which I believe it can, then it'll just get that jump before any of these other closers that are solid, like the nine can. And I don't think the nine will get there in time. Did you just call Arlington legend Chris Davis a downgrade in training? Man, that's yeah, that's, I love that's a hurt to the Brad Cox. I mean, I know I'm I'm just giving you crap. I love I love Chris Davis, and um, he is a really good trainer. So don't doubt that you know it's such a massive decrease. But um, I mean, going from dirt to turf. I mean, obviously, Chris saw something. This horse does have turf breeding. If you bring up the dam, you see it was all turf. Yeah. And um, a lot of her progeny have actually only ran on dirt. So it'll be interesting to see. But this horse does have the breeding to be good on turf. It's just and probably will get the right trip in a spot like this. But it's just a matter of it's the wild card. Can this can she or he excuse me? Can I didn't I corrected myself. No drinking. Um, If he takes to the turf, he definitely could be formidable in this spot. But Patrick, we're going with the number nine anglophile coming out of a really really live race in the american turf of course it's live otago was in there but anyway patrick what do you like most about anglophile yeah you know uh, to be honest i'm gonna toss the that american uh turf for anglophile you know the horse just didn't run and you know you look at the previous starts at churchill downs the horse has not seemed to really like churchill downs that much and i i just you know i look previously to the the Gulfstream race in the Cutler Bay ran solid behind enemy lines in that race. And then you, you look back, um, I know this is last year in July, but that made a special way to Ellis. Uh, the horse beat Salute uh, Salute Stars, which that horse is now two for two for uh, for Brad Cox. And that horse is running in Monmouth in a big, big stakes race. So mm-hmm. I, I think Anglophile is, is a solid, solid horse and, um, you know, should get a trip with tactical speed and Tyler on board, I, I like this horse a lot. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. And obviously, like I said, the American turf, that race was extremely tough. I mean, just looking at, we'll go to the American turf right now. Of course you have Otago back here, but um, I mean, web slinger, far bridge, major dude, most dash behind enemy lines, Carl Spackler, Mendelssohn's March. I mean, Mendelssohn's March ran what uh, ninth in that race and came back to run second in a really nice race uh, behind Web Slinger. So, I mean, this race is completely live. That's one of the things where I'm looking for horses coming out of this American turf. And even though this horse didn't really run a step at all, he can really, if if he can, I mean, and that race was even a step up in the term, in the buyer speed figure term. So if this horse can continue to put it together, uh, Anglophile can definitely be tough in this spot. And if the five doesn't take to the turf, that 83 can turn into an 87. And I think an 87 is definitely good enough to win this race. Charlie, I'm going over to you real quick. We're going to go over Felix Soldier. Then we'll go over the eight and then we'll move on. We really don't have anyone else in this spot. But the Felix Soldier is a horse I really didn't know too, what to do with, really. Todd Pletcher, Ricardo Santana coming out of a maiden special weight win at Goldstream after the championship meet. I mean, I, I just didn't know what to make of this horse, frankly. 
Yeah, so what excited me about Fearless Soldiers, while I know the figures don't show necessarily the step up, um, again, I do like, even though it's not on, like, I guess a big layoff, but nonetheless, hasn't run since early March, is still working forwardly again with Pletcher. And really what caught my eye was when I watched the replay at Gulfstream, was this horse did not have a good start to its trip at all. As you see, it mentions it was setting into the first turn, so it did have to pull up. And, you know, for me, typically that could seem to be a worry for most horses, especially one that's inexperienced, you know, that could completely psych the horse out. But instead, Fearless Soldier completely calmed back down, sat back a little farther than I think planned maybe because of that. Uh, and I think Irad just didn't want to risk the horse getting steadied again or getting upset. So he backed the horse up. And then off the turn, though, that kick, that Fearless Soldier, that, that's really why I like Fearless, Fearless Soldier, was the kick that Fearless Soldier showed after it got back onto terms on that final stretch, to me, shows that the distance should be a good fit for this horse. And again, I just think if it can if it can get a good trip and not have to worry about the study, maybe it can sit, again, a little closer up and get that trip, similar to where the 5 will be. And I, the reason why I think the 10 is interesting, again, and also a little bit better of a price, is I think that if Fearless Soldier can have that kind of kick again, and again, not have to worry about getting studied over the turn i think fearless soldier could be very dangerous in the spot again i mean it's todd pletcher wasn't a cheap horse by any means either obviously anytime i read has been on a horse in the past with pletcher it's usually a horse that has high potential and again also i also like that it is a lightly run horse so i think the fearless soldier does have a lot of potential to step forward as well yeah absolutely and i mean you can see charlie was talking about with the trouble into the first turn um you can see the fearless soldiers the three right here in the rapoli colors you can see he kind of see i read has to really steady back there uh, I think it happened the a second time, too. Yeah, yeah, it was right there. So, you know, just, I mean, he still gets a good trip by any means. But Agreed. did run into a little bit of trouble. You see, Ired's just going to take him to the outside. Wasn't handling the inside too well. And we'll skip to the top of the stretch where Ired just tips out from that position and just basically rolls by everyone in this field. So, I mean, Gypsy Chief is a decent horse. But realistically, if you have a Pletcher in that type of spot, if you're getting the pocket, it's very tough to beat horses like that. And I just don't, like I said before, I just don't know how good this horse really is. I don't have him in my top three, but I have Fielder Soldier in fourth. He definitely is a play for me on the spread. So, <laughs> Rob, and yeah, Goldstream looking that's like good, I like that one. That's, that's good. That is a funny one. And it definitely does also look like that, to be honest. It's a really good comparison. But if this, if uh, Fielder Soldier can really continue to improve off that last start, I just don't – how much would he really improve off of 74? You know, maybe like yeah. an 80, 81 would be realistic, but is that good enough to win a race like this? I'm not 100% sure. But I think Fila Soldier is definitely used, but he might be a little bit overbet just judging by the connections in this spot. Um, Patrick, I'll let you close out. Um, no, wait, I have the eight. Me and Charlie have the eight, more than looks, actually. So, Charlie, I'll let you this touch horse on can real fly. quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, more than looks is a fun one to watch on the replays. This horse, I mean, I don't know if it's because the 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 highly respected and well-liked on this podcast in particular, Joel Rosario. Obviously, you know, everybody on the HHH Racing Podcast loves Joel Rosario more than pretty much anyone. Big weekend at Belmont, but, though. Don't don't bust him. Oh, no. I don't just, I'm not the one who normally takes the shots at him. I just had to point out how much this podcast loves him. But, uh, yeah, if you watch more than looks, I mean, the concern for me is the slow starts. You see that that's what happened last time out, and that does worry me a little bit, is I do yeah. feel like because of the tactical speed in this race, if uh, more than looks has too much to do late, there are some other decent closers, like the nine horse, so I don't yeah. know if it she can She is the number time. five. Sorry to interrupt you, Charlie. She is the number five, by the way. Yeah, so you're good. As I play um, this, you'll see she gets out really slow, but, man, can she fly – or he fly. Damn it, I got a drink. 
Yeah, I would say if you want to skip to the end, I mean, it, it, I forgot the. I feel like the winner of this race was another. It was a very talented it's horse. It's Turf um, King. Yeah, he's the three. Yeah, right yeah. Here. And I remember we covered this card actually, and I think yep. all of us were on Turf King and were heavy on Turf King as well. Um, I think Turf, yeah, Turf King was bet down to... heavy. Turf King got bet down to six, six to five, to... and yeah, I remember in this race Turf King got a bad trip too and had to work. It's way to the outside, but if you really watch the replay and you try to ignore the fact that Turf King had to navigate through everything, um, you got a better trip. Looks just absolutely sure. flew. But yeah, you'd see more than looks has to tip out. I mean, basically in the parking lot, all right. the way to the I mean, outside. Yeah, more than looks was visiting some of the fans in the stands to say <laughs> what's up, and then actually was like, "Hold on, I got a race here to win." It. Like and Turf honestly, King. it deserved more than uh, looks deserved to win this race. Turf King was just too talented of a horse. I mean, yeah. it was weaving through LA traffic and still was able to get the win. But yeah, more than looks has all the talent in the world, all the kick in the world. My only concern is a slow start, a bad break, and just oh, like a lack so of speed. But again, if more than looks is able to stay close enough that it that it doesn't have too much to do, I have no reason for me that more than looks can't win this race. I, I mean, mean this absolutely. I mean, this horse. I mean, you just watch that Keeneland replay, and you can see how fast this horse can fly. It's just a matter of will there be enough speed in a race like this? Even though he really didn't close into that that hot of a pace last time out, I think more than looks is extremely live in this spot, and I'm hoping that you won't get, uh, that I. We'll get all that four to one, although it's probably you'll probably get seven to two on this horse. It's just oh, so there's a lot of there's fun. a lot of betting interest in a lot of these horses. So I think a soft favorite is definitely going to be on the cards for this one. Sorry, Charlie, I'll let you close out with any last comments and we'll move on. No, I just I was just going to say, I, I don't think the connections and, I, and no disrespectful way, but I don't think the connections stick out enough. And I do think some people are going to be concerned about the lack of early speed on this horse. So I feel like anybody, if enough people watch the replays for the late kick, then yeah, it might get bet down a little. But I don't think this one a close favorite. But I do, like you mentioned, I think I saw somebody earlier say this might be a spread race. I think it definitely is a spread race. I mean, you guys know I'm the king of the small tickets, two by two every race. But this was one even I had to spread for my standards. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot of very live similar level horses. I think that's why you see so many horses in this race are like three to one to like five to one or so, yep. somewhere in that range, which is what this race is kind of indicating. And this is a very competitive race. Absolutely, and it's a great betting race as well. So if you have a strong opinion, yeah. uh, play on the win end is definitely on the cards. Obviously, stay above what you deem is value to you. Nine to, I'm going nine eight five. Patrick's going nine five ten, and Charlie's going five ten eight. Guys, moving over to the next race here. This is the race before the listed stakes races. It is a maiden special weight, hundred and twenty k. I'm switching over right now. Sorry, it's six furlongs on the dirt, a full field of twelve with one. Also eligible, the morning line favorite is the number one, Zeitlos, I believe. I believe it's Zeitlos for Christian Torres and Steven Asmussen. I mean, as I'll switch over the picks right now. You can see that we all are going with the number one in this spot, and we won't spend too much talking about him, but he looks easily the best on paper. Patrick, I'll go to you first. I mean... Just that that 82 kind of sticks out in this in this race. Yeah, that 82 definitely sticks out. But, you know, what I find fascinating is uh, this horse on debut actually tossed. If you watch the replay, tossed Manny Franco right out of the gate, kind of like stumbled and then literally tossed Manny out of the gate. And the horse jumped over the inside rail. So that does concern me a little bit getting the inside draw. But I. This horse improved off the layoff after running in September and then comes back in April, improved, lost to, um, I want to say Scylla. It's a Billy Mott horse who's now mm-hmm. one, is now two for two and is going to be, I don't know where Scylla's pointed, but that's a very big time horse. And I just think this spot is very much 
um, Zeitlos is to lose and is going to be on the lead and is very fast. And it's, it's going to be a catch me if you can type of thing. And I'm just hoping Christian Torres gives the horse a good ride out of the gate and is smooth sailing. Cheers. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it really is her race to lose. And like I said, the numbers stick out. Uh, Christian Torres is going to have this horse on the lead, especially from the rail. Um, and if she improves anything off that 82, Zylos is definitely going to be tough in this spot. But we are actually, we are not all over the place underneath. You two have the exact same horses. So I'll let you guys talk. And then uh, we'll move on to my horse, uh, to my top, my two picks. Driana is the number 11 for Ben Crowbrook and uh, Luca or Luis Mo- Louis Machado, excuse me. Um, ran a really ran a decent race in 120,000 maiden last time out. Um, was just denied and has been training really well over at Keeneland. Charlie, I'll go to you first. What'd you like about Gianna? Yeah, so I mean, I it was just the only other horse with experience that interested me. And then we'll highlight a little bit there were two first time stars that interested me, but for me, this is still Zylos's race to lose. This is my strongest, at least in my eyes, pick of the card, which we'll see when we get to our tickets. I just think Zylos is way too talented for this field, but yeah, Gianna, I mean, I'm a little surprised with what the time form figures say because for me, the reason I like Gianna was if you watch the replay. Uh, closed very well towards the end. And for me, that was just my angles. The only way I really see this one horse losing is if someone can come from off the pace. And I know obviously with first-time starters, we have no idea who's going to be a speed, stalker, closer, et cetera. But the only one that's run before that has shown the at least showed the ability to have interest in doing its best running late was Driana. So that was my angle. And as you mentioned, also the works caught my attention as well. Uh, certainly also wasn't a cheap horse by any means. Uh, so yeah, I just think Driana could be interesting. And then uh, I'll let Patrick start i guess we're touching on the five but for me the five and i'm a little biased because i have some connections to the trainer of the seven but for me the five and the seven were the other two that stuck out to me i mean yeah absolutely and i do i did take the 11 in consideration i i just wanted to go a little bit off the cuff here is this these types of races are really something you can uh, take a shot in and the eight is one of those horses for me but patrick i'll let you touch on the five and then we'll uh unless you have anything to touch on the 11 before we move on but no, Charlie hit on it uh, with, with the five. I mean, Rudy Brissett, his numbers are incredible this year. And I actually, when I saw this horse and I saw it's owned by Winstar, it, it brought me back to um, the undercard on Kentucky Derby Day when uh, Brissett had a, I think the horse was second time out and against Asmussen's Extra Anejo, who was bought for almost a million dollars. And yep. that horse romped Extra Anejo in that race. I, you know, I, I just, I think the five is live and, you know, we'll see. Um you know, Zeitlos is going to be tough, but depending on how, if this horse is forwardly placed, this could be a good one for Rudy. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just the connections alone. You got Rudy, you got Windstar Farm, Gaffleone. This has been training pretty yeah, late out yeah, at Keeneland. Yeah. I mean, this horse is definitely one to take into consideration. And also, you don't have the luxury of starting the sequence off of this race to check the board, yeah. but keep an eye on the board as um, the top board will really be your indication on how live this horse really is. 10 to 1. I think is very unfair to a horse like this. I don't think, I don't you think you're getting anywhere near, any that. near that 10 to one. I agree with you, Charlie, but we'll see how it gets there. But again, off the cuff, I went with the number eight uncorked for Jonathan Wong. Um, Jonathan, you want to talk about insane numbers, Jonathan Wong's numbers. I mean, he's an amazing trainer. And just the fact that um, I know it's been on the Churchill downs training track, but this horse has been working bullet after bullet uh, ran last time at Churchill uh, never really got a chance to go, got involved in a really hot pace um, with um, 
with blinkers on, Jonathan Wong was 22% of the time out of 483 runners, I'm pretty sure. Um, let me go check that right now for you guys, but I'll go um, to equipment and blinker switched on, apply the filter. So 174 runners, excuse me, 174 runners in the past five years. He wins at 22%, 60% in the money. I mean, and it's under his 23% win rate, but he wins a lot. He gets Ray Lu, blinkers on, a little bit of equipment switch. This horse gets to the outside where I think he could be a little more formidable. She, dang it. <laughs> she could be, I'm pulling a Paul now at this point. I'm just, I continued to just call her, um, call hers he's, but um I think this horse could be really live, and I think you'll get at least ten to one on this horse. Where in a in a race like this of a maiden ra- of a maiden special weight, I think you can go a little bit of price shopping. And I ended with the number six Spelterini. This horse just really can't seem to get the job done, but runs her race every single time. I mean Bernardini, Smart Strike Mayor, James Graham, Bill Mott. I mean this horse definitely will take a little bit of money, but is one for underneath in my opinion this horse just had eight chances and four really good chances to get the job done and just really never has so i don't know she's second itis you can call it i guess but this horse is not one for me on the win end especially at, a, at the price of four to one which i think this horse probably will be just judging by connections um this horse is definitely one underneath and will be will most likely play a factor but on the win end i'd be a little hesitant at that but i want to give a quick shout out to my to uh keith thanks so much for joining the show man i don't think i've ever seen your name before so thanks so much for joining the show sit on the beach of hawaii watching this show now that is a good setup my friend that is an absolute jealousy moment but cheers to you my friend out there pina coladas margaritas whatever you got out there and it's it's only 431 out there so cheers to you my friend keith thanks so much for joining the show Greatly appreciate it. And Racing Downwind brings up a really good point to judge on these first-time starters. Look at the daily doubles from the 6th to the 7th. You can get a really good in- indication. If you bet on an ADW, you can check on the tote board to see what their probables is for the next race. So if the five's taking a lot of money, you might want to use that horse in your pick five. But thank you so much, Racing Downwind. Greatly appreciate it. Guys, I'm going 186. Patrick's going 1511. And Charlie's going 1115. Moving on to the next race is, is the Monomoy Girl Stakes. In my opinion, it is the featured race on the card. The return of two very, very live Phillies. Um, wet paint and Hoosier Philly. And I want to see. I want to see. I'm going to play this game with the chat. I'm going to go. I'm going to play a chat game real quick. How many of us do you think went with wet paint on top? Is it one? At least one of us did. One, two, or three in this spot. How many? How many people do you think picked Wet Paint on top? Judging by how much we liked her in the uh, the Kentucky Oaks, who, where she kind of ran a pretty much of a dud. But I want to see how much how many people she in the did chat think we did. She did run a dud. That's for sure. But I'm gonna let the chat fill in real quick. I want to see how many people think we did. So two, two, two. Howard, the boss says two. Sylvain says two. Michael says two. Should be zero, says A-Roth. Ralph Conti says three. Keith says one. And I'm going to bring it up right now. Actually, Jim says all three. Jim, I like the way you think, but it is not. Only two of us are going with the number one wet paint. And I am the low man out going with the gray wonder Hoosier Philly. Um, I'll let the boys talk first about wet paint, but um, I... I really like who's your Philly in this spot, but I'm going to switch over to the PPs right now. Uh, Charlie, you are up first. 
wet paint. I mean, what, there's not really much to say about her. She was a really good filly up until the Kentucky Oaks where he really didn't run all that well. Yeah, I mean, for me with wet paint, the figures, though, are just so consistent. Love Tyler Gaffley and get it on this horse as well. Uh, the works haven't been anything to me that concerned me at all. I think wet paint just needs to make sure to not, I, I know wet paint likes to sit far back, but just make sure to not leave too much work cut out. But I still think wet paint is an unreal kick. Uh, for me, I still think Hoosier Philly is a threat when we get to the tickets later. I, I, I didn't want to take the risk of losing to Hoosier Philly. Um, and I also just didn't really want to take the risk of singling two different times. I, I wish I had I had the balls on me to do it. But I just think wet paint is too talented, too consistent. I think Hoosier Philly ran a great race. But if you look at the figures, you know, maybe it was a huge step up and Hoosier Philly continues to build on it. I don't know. I need to see another uh, successful race before I can believe that. But, yeah, for me, wet paint, just too consistent, too many solid races. I'm not going to fault wet paint over one bad race to assume that wet paint can't get back, bounce back to form. Uh, again, just too much talent for me on wet paint to not put on top. I agree with you. She is extremely talented. Patrick, I'll let you touch on before I give my two cents on why she's going <laughs> to I know I, I put it up on the screen. I had no comment, Jim, no comments from you. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, who's your Philly is that's, she's just the type of horse to me that, you know, I got to see it to believe it. You know, we could say she ran big in the black eyed Susan. Sure. You know, on the lead took him as far as I couldn't lost attacks to came back and won at Belmont. But at the end of the day, I just feel like this might be the type of horse where she just can't find the wire and uh, wet paint. You know, you could say uh, Hoosier Philly might be on the lead, but I, I can make the case that there's a couple other horses that need to go to have any chance, um, and that's going to put pressure on Hoosier Philly, and it'll set up for wet paint. Um, you know, wet, wet paint has been training well, so it's not like there's anything to be scared about there. I, I just think wet paint's the better horse. Which she, might, which she definitely could be. I mean, just judging by the races we saw at at Oaklawn, I mean, she definitely can be just the better horse, but – I like Hoosier Philly in this spot, and there's one simple reason why I do. She ran a, she did run a super race last last time out, but Hoosier Philly, in my opinion, has a big pace advantage in this race. I think, although your point is taken, Patrick, where you can look at she's 107 early time form, then three has a 99, and the two has a 102. But I don't think they're I don't think they're anywhere near as fast as Hoosier Philly is, especially what she showed last time out at a mile and an eighth. She ran a faster half mile than the, uh, than the two ran or no, excuse me. So not a faster half mile, but she was also eight lengths behind at the half mile, but um, realistically a second faster at a mile and a 16th than of a mile and an eighth. And this, and the two was eight lengths behind that pace. I don't think she's nearly as fast as Hoosier Philly. Number three, Definitely could be as fast at a mile ran again. I got four, um, what I two fifths second faster, but faded to last. Granted, that was on the synthetic, and I don't think this horse necessarily needs the lead. This, uh, never tell Patty ran a really nice race off the pace last time on in a in a pretty cold pace, might add 47 47 flat to 47 and one. Uh, 47 and one to Hoosier Philly. And this horse was sitting a, a length and a half off the pace. I, I just think Hoosier Philly is the faster one of all these Phillies. And if she gets out to the front, it's cutting back in distance, my dad, this is another reason why I like Hoosier Philly is she is going an eighth of a mile shorter than her last time out where if, I mean, you could just go to the replay 
and granted, ran a monster race behind tax. This was the black eyed Susan. I mean, you can see just she's you can see Edgar Morales is getting to the top of the stretch. He's look, he's Paco looking like he's looking around like who's going to come challenge me right now. Look at this Paco look. But and then you can see <laughs> tax is just running up on the outside. Phaser ran a dud and it, he did another one like it's, uh, he thinks he has a ton of horse here and going an extra an eighth of a mile shorter than the last race. I think Hoosier Philly is going to get a very similar trip in this spot. And I will gladly take her over wet paint. Who's going to be most likely at least five, six, seven lengths back. And wet paint could just be the more talented horse. And I can easily, I can easily admit that, but with a pay, what I believe is a pace advantage in this spot, I'm going to take Hoosier Philly every single day of the week. And if she loses, then she's just not good enough. That's just the way it comes down to If this horse, if she gets out of the gate, I think Hoosier Philly will win in this spot. And guys, I mean, we're realistically all the same underneath. Um, Charlie, I'll let you talk a little bit about, uh, or Patrick, I'll let you talk a little bit about champagne calling and we'll move on for Leperu and Ian Wilkes, who ran a pretty nice race last time out at Churchill. Yeah, no, the, the horse ran well last time out. And I, you know, I, I, I like this horse underneath. Um, it's going to be coming from, uh, has tactical speed. So I, I'm going to say coming from back, but I should not say that this horse could be, um, Closer up than wet paint and uh, should set a nice trip to hit the board. Yeah. I mean, she ran a really nice race. I think personally why I put her um, third, even though I think wet paint is definitely better than her. Champagne calling is going to be a little bit closer than wet paint and Sabra tough is on the outside. Who's also a really nice Philly. I just think, I don't know if she's as good as wet paint and to have two closures basically side by side, I would easily take wet paint over her. So that's why I don't have her in my top three, but champagne calling, I think sits in front of them, gets the first jump and whether I don't think she can reach Hoosier Philly and maybe wet paint nips her at like the, you know, just past the 16th pole for second. But I think champagne calling is also really interesting in this spot, especially for underneath. I'm going four, one, five, Hoosier Philly over wet paint. Patrick and Charlie are both going one, four, five wet paint over Hoosier Philly. But I want to give a quick shout out as Howard um, also states that these sequence, this sequence will also be featured on the power picks tip sheet. This is that $4 a week uh, tip sheet that we give out every single Saturday morning. Um, it is a great tip sheet. And as I'm, I won't even have to explain it because as Jim says, Jim says he won't have time to handicap Saturday's cars, but thankfully he's a power pick subscriber. His picks are really good and he would confidently play them bind all blind all in chat should be subscribers. Jim couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. That is why I brought up your comment, but guys, yeah, if you aren't subscribed to the power picks yet, I would highly, highly recommend it as our ROI is almost 80 cents more than the national average. So please consider subscribing again. That's patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast guys moving on to race nine. It is the other listed stake on the card. As I switch over the Equibase right now, it is the Chorley wood stakes, a field of nine with some very, with some pretty recognizable faces as well. The morning line favorite is the number six foreign relations who I was actually a little bit surprised on, although he has run the best races. And as I switch over the picks right now, um, to switch over the picks right now, we are all over the board in this spot. Um, Patrick has the eight. I have the seven. Charlie has the six going with the chalk. So Mr. Chalk himself will get the first pickings at this one. Charlie, Kyle's love for therapist is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> don't even get me started on that one. That shit. 
It's it's not completely gone because he is in my pick five. But Charlie, you are up. He's fine too. Hey, great minds think alike, man. I love it. But what did you like most about foreign relations to chalk in this race? Yeah, I mean, for me, this race was just the disappointment stakes, man. The amount of times I've backed Bay Street money and therapists. I, I need a therapist and I'm out of money. So Bay Street money and therapists know me big time. I can't stand these two horses. I love them so much. I love Michael Maker. I think he's an unbelievable trainer. But, man, these horses just continue to destroy me. That's how I ended up going with the six and the four is my top two. I have therapist and Bay Street money on my pick five because if they were to win and I don't have it, I would never forgive myself because I'm the one who, I, I've gassed up those horses in the past. Uh, yeah, foreign relations has just continued to improve. I mean, this was a horse where if you look at the first five races, this horse has no business being in this race, but then all of a sudden just completely flipped the switch. These last two races has looked very impressive. I also do like this is a horse that, I mean, I know the figures say doesn't have early speed, but nonetheless, it's going to sit closer than the other threats that I see in this field. Um, I think if foreign relations continues to run to this one, I do think this is a very tough field, Howard, I agree. Uh, but I do think foreign relations, if it continues to run at this level or continues to take steps forward, has no reason not to win. And again, quite frankly, I just needed someone new to put on top because I'm sick of Bay Street money and therapists just repeatedly letting me down and, and breaking my heart. I couldn't do it. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is this is a spite pick, basically, because you're sick and tired of everybody. What I'm saying else. is there's no world where I'm allowing myself to put them on top. I'm fine with putting them somewhere, but there is no world where I'm letting myself put proudly put my proud ego on either of these horses again. Not I, on top. I completely get it, and the difference is. A lot of these race uh, horses, you also have to factor in the distance. Um, for not only foreign relations, but Bay Street money, uh, the number two, also therapist. These horses have been racing at a mile and a half, so you're getting a cutback and a little bit of cutback in distance for these for these horses. This is definitely something to take into account. Um, Patrick, I'll let you touch on uh, foreign relations as well. I completely agree with what Charlie said. If watching those replays, though, I mean, it just almost is like perfect trip after perfect trip for this horse, at least in my opinion. Yep, exactly. And that took the words right out of my mouth. That's the thing that scares me. Um, but the horse is winning, so you got to give the horse credit. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the horse is showing the speed, the tactical speed needed, and has been training very well. So we'll see. I'm, I'm really unfamiliar with the trainer. Um, and I think this is awesome, that, you know. Trainer's got a shot in this race with a pretty live horse. Yeah, and I mean, Connor Murphy, I mean, just look, if you look at his races going back, I mean, he's not a bad trainer by any means. He's had some really nice horses, and this one might be one of the best of the lot. Um, this horse will be making, as A-Roth points out, fast horses make their own trips. I mean, this horse definitely will get might get the same trip as he's always gotten. But, I, I mean, is he is he as talented as the rest? The last race suggests so. But we'll obviously see as it comes to it whether he's better at a mile and a quarter than at a mile and a half. But at two to one with a horse that's very tactical, I would need over two to one to bet this horse on top, at I least for me. I, I mean, I, just judging by races, I'm not sure. Grant, I see what you mean by connections. But, I mean, it's making me doubt just to the fact that this horse has run the best races as of recent and shows a little bit of improvement. Patrick, you have the number eight media blitz on top for maker and Santana. One of three makers in this spot. I I mean, this is the one maker horse. I could not decide what to do with because I had this horse in third. Then I had the source of my off my third, but in my pick five. And I just, I could not decide what to do with him as he seems to win, but I really hasn't shown it in a long time. No, he has not shown in a long time. But what I'll say is, is the horse 
goes off a huge layoff from March 5th until, you know, recent May and, you know, runs halfway decent from the layoff. And, you know, Maker obviously sees what he likes in the horse and is going to put him in this spot, in a in the stake spot. And I, I, I'm, you know, I'm banking on Mike Maker, you know, placing this spot off a pretty quick turnaround. And I, awesome, I think yeah. I think this horse has a shot uh, just because in a race where you, you don't know who's really going to show up, I think media blitz and maker believe this horse has a, a big shot, you know, and throws up a bullet workout uh, right before the race. And maker is an unbelievable second off the layoff. That is true. That is also very true. I mean, I can just do that real quick right now if you want me to. I mean, that's the reason I get not non-sponsored at all, but I use DRF for everything. And I think it's the best. Um, what was it? A 180 plus day layoff, Patrick? I'm sorry, I clicked off. Yeah, of it. yeah, correct. Yep. Okay, so let's see. So days between Pretty sure starts, it's like 25 percent or something. So it's second after 180 to 365. I'll do it real quick for the viewers. And 180 to 365, you apply it. I mean, it's 25 percent out of 147 starts. I mean, having a horse come second off the layoff off of a six month plus layoff, and you're getting 25 percent. I mean, that's Mike Maker for you, realistically speaking. But um, like I said, I just could not decide what to do with this horse. Maybe this horse is better in a mile and an eighth distance. You can see they're kind of throwing him everywhere from a mile and a 16th to a mile and a half. So they, it almost seems like Maker can't figure out where this horse necessarily is best. Um, and up at this type of, this type of uh, stakes level, this horse has run well in optional claiming company, but hasn't been able to show it. Granted, it was in grade two and grade three company, but hasn't been able to show the class up. So this horse will want, I think it will have to be one to beat me, but this horse could be definitely live for Maker. I'm going with the number seven, Bay Street Money. Another one for Maker for Gerardo Corrales this time. Ran a really great race in Panam in the Pan American behind Therapist, um, but uh, ran pretty evenly. Two Emmys kind of just walked the dog as he always does in the Fairgrounds race. So I think this horse is better shorter personally, as you can see the last time out just really never got anything going. I mean, it was bet down even at Churchill and just really could not do like I said, could not get anything going. I think this horse is better. I think base three money is better going shorter mile and eighth suits this horse really well. And as long as no one walks the dog, which I think there's a decent amount, there's a little bit amount of pace in this race. This horse can sit a good trip. And base room money can go by as long as Gerardo Callis Corrales gives this horse a good ride. So base street money is my top pick, especially if he can go back to that 93. He ran two back in the Pan American. But realistically, underneath, we're pretty much the same. Um, Patrick, you had foreign relations underneath. Charlie, you had the you had the two other ones that I don't have. So go over really quick the four and the two, and I'll go over the one and we move, we'll move on. Yeah, so with the four horse again, I was just looking for a new horse, a new face, new horse that I haven't seen before. And I just again, I like the improvement in the figures. I like, I mean, this horse two back at Keeneland ran a huge race. Obviously, you can see was just absolutely nowhere. I mean, we're talking ten lengths off the lead towards the end, five lengths off the lead, way back at the field, and then just completely rallied. So for me, I liked seeing that potential. Uh, and then, you know, trying to switch it up by moving it to a mile and an eighth, which this horse hadn't done before and didn't run a bad effort by any means. The figures still say yes. The horse also was bet down a lot more uh, than the race that it won in. Uh, so, yeah, for me, again, I was looking for a price. I think you also woke at the, uh, right around 10 to 1 on this horse. I don't think this is a horse is going to take some big money by any means. I'm going to go. Like I said, I've been burned by these horses in the past. I think it just it's I don't even think it's necessarily out of spot. I think it's almost more so just the fact that it's hard to just continue to trust horses that 
aren't doing it for you. And again, if you see a horse that has some sort of figures that, you know, say it could fit in this spot, why not take a flyer? And again, at 10 to one, I know you always like to say, if you're, if you're, you know, putting some faith in double digit horse, you're not going to talk someone off of it. So kind of thought, why not? Definitely a race where I got, I'm going deeper in this race for sure. This one's wide open in my eyes. I mean, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, Vivar is definitely interesting. And I'll let you go over the therapist for a second. I have this horse nowhere, but Isman, my pick five. I think this horse is still really interesting. Charlie, talk about therapist real quick before we move on. I mean, yeah, therapist obviously gets Tyler Gaffleon, which I think is huge. Uh, again, Michael Maker, just a tremendous trainer. Uh, I mean, this horse has run very solid. Obviously, last time out wasn't a good performance, but beat Bay Street Money, which was a great performance in my eyes for both horses. Um, but I know this is also a horse that has been heavily bet down. I remember when it was at Gulfstream uh, that all of us, I think, were all over therapist and thought that it was a shoe-in in one of the Gulfstream races that we covered on this show, and therapist proved to be nowhere. So certainly this horse has been up and down. But again, you can't deny the raw talent. You can't deny the figures. Uh, there's certainly a lot of figures that this horse has shown where therapist fits. Again, I was actually literally just about to say what Howard said. I mean, I wouldn't say 10 to 1. I think that's a bit of an overreaction. Cool. But I don't think therapist is worth 3 to 1. I think because of the connections, unfortunately, you're not going to get a great value. This is not a horse that I would bet on this race on its own person. I think this horse should be closer to like 5 or 6 to 1, like right around where Bay Street money is. But again, you still can't deny the talent. And for me, there's enough in the past where I don't want to not have this horse on my ticket. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just the matter of this horse is newly eight. I mean, granted, ran a really nice race in the Pan American, although he got the pace set up he needed in front of him. Therapist is a nice horse, but his best days might just be behind him at this point, which, and at three to one, I mean, hopefully this horse, this horse might, should be 10 to one, but most likely would be around that six to one mark, but anywhere near that three to one mark, I won't touch it from here across my apartment. Like that's, I'll, I'll, I'll push that. If you, you don't like it, push it somewhere else, as Patrick once said. But um, I, I like the one as well. Hidden stash, 15 to one for Victoria Oliver. This horse really just, for me, this horse has ran some really nice races. He just hasn't been able to show the class up. Um, if this if uh, Hidden Stash can go to the lead, I think he's going to be one to benefit from little to no pace in this race. Like I said, very little. Hidden Stash is one of the only little, quote-unquote, in this field. So I think he can stick around enough to hit the board. Whether he's good enough to win the race is definitely questionable in my eyes. But um, just with the sheer pace that's going to be into this race, I think the one, especially with blinkers on as well, is definitely one for me that's going to be pretty interesting underneath, as Howard calls it, the old key underneath horse. So at 15 to 1, I'll gladly, gladly take it. But um, uh, one question I want to touch on before we move on, uh, King Sports Picks. Thanks so much for joining the show. Not sure if I've seen your name before, so cheers to you, my friend. Greatly appreciate it. I switched to a Twisted Tea, by the way. I didn't have any more beer. Uh, he's, does buyer figures account for wide trips? They do not. Um, buyer speed figures are based solely on time and in relation to previous uh, what the track's been doing that day and stuff like that, that's kind of where it fits. But um, there are other stats that account for wide trips and loss of ground and stuff like that. I still think the best way to look at that is through watching replays through something like DRF formulator or any other type of stuff that where you can uh, avidly watch replays. I still think it's one of the best handicapping tools, but there are um, other programs that account for wide trips uh, I think Tripno Pros and stuff like that has um, those type. Again, not a sponsor, but I think they have uh, that type of stat. But watching replays, just bare bones, I think is still one of the best handicapping tips that you can do for yourself. But um, guys, we're moving on to the last race here before we move on for a quick sports talk at the end of the show. 
Um, it is a claiming 30,000, nothing like ending on a great race. It a bar is burner at, here. Of course, absolutely, as you know. Uh, field of nine for this spot as I switch over to the Equibase. Uh, the morning light favorite is a barn burning seven to two. No, three to oh, one for Team X. Yeah. yeah, it is three to one for Team X for Jack Gilligan. Um, I mean, this horse looks could look the best on paper, but three to I I don't know who I could be I, honest in with this you. Race, I beat the chalk allegations for good. That's uh, all I want to say. There you go. Did you? Let's see. Um, okay, you okay, come on. You you picked the six to one on top. Don't give me that crap. But no, no, I'm saying uh, I don't I don't have the top two choices even on my ticket or top three choices on my ticket. I think that's beating the chalk out. Uh oh. All right. Well, you know, whether you're gonna be completely right or completely wrong. So hopefully you're completely wrong, judging by <laughs> me and Patrick's picks. But um Charlie, you're the odd man out, my friend. You're going first as I switch over the PPs right now. Condiment girl. Is your pick? Why does your why does your I was gonna say a condiment joke? I'm not going to anymore. Why do you like condiment girl on top? Yeah. So first off, um, in the in the great words of uh, I don't know if anybody in the chat ever watches uh, MMA, but Chael Sonnen, he's a very famous former fighter, uh, once said Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck, and that's what I have to say about these favorites. I watched the replays as you advised our viewers to, and man, these favorites just do nothing for me. So I looked for one that did do something for me, just kept going down the list, and again. For those who don't know, when we first looked at this, we don't get to see the odds. So I didn't know I was hammering against the chalk, but I'm happy I did, especially in a race of this quality. But yeah, Condiment Girl obviously getting Tyler Gaffleone is a plus. Uh, but I mean, yeah, this horse just ran tremendously last time out. I mean, I know you see the blue figures, which aren't anything crazy uh, impressive by any means. But again, this horse got to the lead, was able to set the pace that Condiment Girl wanted to set, and then just ran away. I mean, this horse had plenty of kick. You know, again, I'm normally anti-speed horse, especially if the horse has to go farther. But the reason I'm not concerned was, again, this horse just had plenty of kicks, still ended up setting a decent time in 110 and 4 relative to the competition. But, yeah, this horse just ran away, had plenty of kick left to go. I don't think the distance will be any sort of problem. And, again, I'm just looking for a horse that's trending in the right direction. I know 66 isn't some incredible figure, and yet somehow for this race it is. Uh, that's so you can tell that we're no longer in the stakes level competition, folks, if a 66 gets you excited. Um, but, yeah, Condiment Girl, in my eyes, for this type of competition, is a very talented horse. And, again, I just think if, if Condiment Girl can continue to run like last time out, really shouldn't have an issue winning this race. Oh, Kyle, you're muted. Yep. Ah, crap. My bad, guys. <laughs> uh, but um, I was, I'm fiddling around with a bunch of buttons. I apologize. But. Um, this horse definitely has a little bit of a what looks like a pace advantage up front, but this horse got a, I mean, a 24 and three fifths, two fifths, no, 24 and one fifth second quarter last time out at claiming 10,000 level. I don't think you're getting anywhere near that in this spot. I mean, yeah. I do like uh, the one thing I always like about these cheaper races is I love to have horses up in front because there's a lot of horses in these races that don't necessarily like to pass, <laughs> but um, I think. I think the one's definitely interesting. I had the horse on. I don't remember if I actually ended on this with this with her on my pick five, but the one and two, I was bouncing around which horse to add, which horse to not and stuff like that. So the one I'll definitely give it to you. Charlie is definitely a little bit interesting, but um, we'll see how it, we'll see how it shapes up pace wise. Patrick, you and I are going with the number four for Alexis Claire that um who is a very nice trainer, her own, right? And another 66 buyer, but has run better numbers on the turf. Yeah. And, and that's the, um, that's the part that kind of interests me here is, you know, the uh, turf 
what's going on there with that. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I just think the horse, you know, has run in races, ran in a uh, claiming race for 50,000 last time. And I just think the horse with the pace and um, the tactical speed that this horse shows should be right there. And I, I just feel like in a race that kind of is wide open and, you know, I, I spread with my top three, um, you know, should be uh, right there at the wire. And depending on where they like to place the horse, is we're going to get a decent price on this horse. And I'm surprised, honestly, the horse is favored. Well, it's pretty close to the favorite at least. But, yeah, I mean, I think Alexis Claire, because Alexis Claire, I'll search up the numbers right now, actually. I had it off claim. I had the wrong information, so I apologize. She's four for 12 off the claim. But let me see. Uh, trainer changes uh, first after trainer switch for Alexis Claire. She's four for 12 still. So she's 33% off the trainer switch. Granted, low... Um, Low sample size, but still, she does really well with horses coming to her barn. Coming off of Mike Maker, who ran around the turf, and then Eric Reed after that. Um, look, she's dropping down in a class as well. I think if this horse can just sit a nice trip, maybe off the one, just kind of that little pressing trip, I think Lucy's Cakes Fly is definitely alive in this spot, and that is a need for me on my ticket, especially since, that I think I, since I think this horse is going to win on top, but I wouldn't bet this horse on top like uh in verticals if this horse is probably under four to one ninety two I'd probably say ninety two yeah. this horse is ninety two or higher that's where my money will go on the verticals but this race is just so wide open I have no um no faith really in a lot of these horses to win by themselves but um Charlie you have the number two um by yourself I'll let you finish off considering you have nobody with us and then Pat Patrick and I will finish up but um Dance eighty Don Sadie? Yeah, I'm happy you said the name. I have no clue. I will say real quick. <laughs> but go uh, for it. Maybe it's something that ends up biting me. I didn't have the seven anywhere, and I know you guys have touched on the seven, but I do think the seven's an interesting horse just because I like Jonathan Wong as the trainer. Uh, but, yeah, so for this horse, just kind of the complete reverse aspect of why it intrigued me from the one horse. This was a horse where, as you mentioned, what I was looking for is this is one of those races, like you said, you got to look for horses that are willing to pass. Unfortunately, when you get to a lot of these weaker horses, a lot of them kind of just – get content with sitting where they are and it's not that they're content because they're like oh i like where i am it's because they're just like i can't do any better i'm not a great horse uh but this the two horse has shown the ability to pass i mean you see lap in its debut was sixth ended up closing up for first last race out was seventh was pretty far off the pace and was able to close again in the replay you were if you were uh uh, uh for those who choose to watch it on their own time uh closed very tremendously was just way off the pace and came out of nowhere at a very strong leg kick so that was kind of my reversing with the two is if i'm going with the one because i think the one can get out on the lead and i think the one will my angle was to look for a horse that i think can close up in case the one isn't able to finish the job and that's where the two caught my eyes um and then i will also say uh with the eight horse i took the same angle as well as the eight horse is another one that closed very solidly was just way too far out early on but did a lot of solid work late in what was a fairly hot pace um, so that was my angle was, again, I like the one horse the most. I think the one horse, again, in these weaker races where people tend to, horses tend to struggle to pass. I like going with speed, but my angle was if I think my sweet horse gets caught, look for the two closers, at least in my eyes, that look strongest. And that's why I went with the two and the eight. And I think someone in our chat also mentioned, uh, some love for the one and eight as well. So I'm not alone, even though it looks like I am. Yeah. Robin, I have eight occasion to help me on top, which is this horse. I mean, Brian Hernandez, you were Matt Schur off the claim is 19% out of 89 runners in the last five years. So Matt Schreier is not a person to take lightly off these claim situations by any means. But, I mean, this horse has to go up a little bit to the 30,000 level. 
I'm not, I mean, nine winners of three still, but I don't know how the, how good this horse really, I mean, the numbers are slow, even for this type of race. Um, it's just a matter of, can this horse set a good trip with enough pace in front to close? And for Acacia help me, I'm not too sure about that type of spot, but Patrick, I have the number seven and second, you have the number seven and third it's bell aria for Wong again off the claim. 29th, by the way, you wanted some insane numbers on Wong. Out of 483 starters off the claim in the last five years, Wong wins at almost 30% of That's those That's why I'm runners. worried about leaving this horse it's, off. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I granted, this horse, this horse has back numbers on the synthetic. I mean, kind of. He has one good race. She, I connected myself. She has one good race on the synthetic, but... Um, well, one, way back right back turf. in for the 30. Number 22, beat Condiment Girl. That was a solid outing. Right. But either way, I mean, <laughs> this horse is going to have to improve. But with in Wong, I trust in a way, Trip Patrick. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, she's going to have to improve off of that uh, claiming race last out of Keeneland. Uh, didn't really run much at all, chase that pace. But is in Wong's hand in a field that is lackluster at best. If this horse can improve, which shown by the workouts she has and should run here pretty well, uh, Relu Gutierrez should get a good trip with her. And um, I think, you know, at nine to two, this horse got a decent chance and will be on my ticket. This horse needs to be on my ticket as well. Again, just for the sole fact of Jonathan Wong's numbers, this horse has back numbers. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe she is not the best runner on the, on the dirt, but I will need to see it with Wong training this race and he picks up Raylu as well. So, I mean, this was definitely going to be on my ticket and Patrick, I'll let you touch on. Um, actually, no, I need to touch on the six real quick. T max is the favorite in this spot. I mean, the favorite seems, it was really interesting to me. I mean, I know this horse won an optional claiming a hundred thousand, uh, back in 22 at Churchill by five might I add. Um, but really has not been the same. I mean, the, the, favoritism is exactly where um the favoritism comes from the races that this horse has been i mean this horse is coming all from stakes races granted not running a lick since 22 but i mean this is a big big drop down in class even from Perry, prairie meadows in a race like this where this horse was favored and just never did anything granted i think this horse is better running in the front so this one will be another one to go to the lead which only helps in my opinion or horse like the seven or the eight but um t-max is just coming from really from state from way better races than the rest of these horses so if she classes up at all she's definitely a horse that needs to be on my ticket as well i'm going four seven six patrick's going four one seven and charlie's going one two eight as the lone wolf out on the field but um, we're going to go to our pick fives right now. Patrick, you're up first, my friend. And this race, this sequence is not easy by any means. It leads to whittle down a ticket. So Patrick's pick five is $90. It is going four, five, eight, nine, ten, singling the one in the second leg with one, four, five, with two, six, seven, eight, with one, four, seven. Again, $90 ticket. Patrick, go ahead. Explain yourself why you're going to hit this ticket. Yeah, listen, the first leg, the allowance on the turf, um, you know, that's a tough race with um, multiple horses that are, you know, solid horses, some making, you know, dirt turf switches, but, you know, pedigrees and stuff like that. So I'm going to spread in that race um, as much as I do like uh, Anglophile. Um, I, I just think I have to spread in that race, especially with the Pletcher horse. 
um, in the second leg. Uh, Zeitlos is, I think Zeitlos is, you know, as solid as a bet as it comes in this sequence, considering everything. Um, so I'm going to single the one there. They're going to go three deep in the Monomoy girl. Um, I, I'm kind of scared of Hoosier Philly being on the lead. Uh, and I have wet paint in the five as well. And then in the ninth, which is the fourth leg of the stakes race on the turf, um, I went four deep there. You know, I, I kept therapist on cause I'm, you know, a little, you know, just in case therapist run back to a couple races and then my top choice media blitz as well as the six and the seven. Um, and then in the 10th, I went with my top three choices. Um, I couldn't go too much deeper cause of the ticket, uh, just hopefully get to the 10th race and, um, you know, Lucy Kate, Lucy's cake cakes fly. That's easier said there. Um, you know, I, I like that horse, and uh, I, I think um, that horse has got a good shot to win, but I'm going to go with uh, the one and the seven as well. Uh, you're muted. Why, dude, That I'm major host fail today, I swear to God. But um, my my ticket's very similar to yours, Patrick, so I'm definitely in agreement with you. Charlie's, again, the odd man out of these tickets, as he has, does has a lot of horses that we don't have as I move to his ticket now. $48, a little bit cheaper than Patrick's, going 5, 8, 9, 10, singling the one again. So if the one loses, we're screwed, basically, is what it comes down to with 1, 4, with 2, 4, 6, 7, with 1, 2, 8. Again, a $48 ticket. Charlie, talk about your ticket construction. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, the one was my strongest feeling and pick, and as you've mentioned many times on the show, is if you want to look for a way to make money, is you got to, you know, stick with your convictions. And for me and Patrick, we both made it clear that we are, I guess all three of us said how strong we feel about this one horse. Uh, again, as we all kind of touched on, we thought this very first race was a tough one. Uh, quite frankly, I just don't really want to go out that early. So I ended up going with, you know, I didn't have the favorite on my top three, but I still think the nine horse is ultra talented and you and Patrick touched on why. Uh, then for me, it's really just between what pain or Hoosier Philly. I think the best of the speed is Hoosier Philly. It might not end up being the fastest of the fast, but I think, the more important thing, as you touched on, is Hoosier Philly has shown the ability to hold up. The other speed horses haven't, but I still think Wet Paint can close, but I don't want to take the risk of getting beat. Uh, then for two, four, six, seven in the next race, again, I like the four as a new face, but the six, four in relations has been running incredibly. And again, I can't take the risk of losing to therapist or Bay Street money. I never forgive myself since I had been a huge advocate for those horses in the past. And then again, in the last race, I know that's the one I'm different in, but if there's any race where you can be bold and different, it's a race where the horses are lower quality. Uh, as you know from plenty of experience of us going to races at Arlington, all the time there'd be these horses that you wouldn't expect that win. Because the reality is it is less predictable when you have these wide-open, lower-quality horse fields. But that's what makes those races also more fun. Still love the one getting to the front. And again, my angle personally, obviously those in the chat can go with whatever angle they want. I do respect the horses you guys went for. Like I said, the long horse still scares me. But ultimately went with the strong speed and the two closers. And again, for my sake, pretty high, but still relatively compared to my counterparts are still relatively reasonable budgeted ticket for those of you trying to be a little more budgeted. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, I'm usually with you, Charlie, with a little bit more budgeted, but these last few sequences, man, have been, I just can't narrow them down. I mean, my first ticket for this rate for these, this sequence is 150 bucks. So oh, I had to, I had to dumb it down or, uh, you know, whittle it down a little bit, but I got it down to 96. So I'm going five, eight, nine, ten. With one, again, the one ruse that loses, we're just absolutely screwed. Um, hey, but we all one... had that three horse and it worked out on um, the uh, Hardy Constitution. So, you well, know, Matt, you know... <laughs> well, yeah, that horse we spent it one minutes on and one to nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with one, four, five, with one, two, six, seven, with two, four, six, seven. So, again, first leg, five, eight, nine, ten. I included all the logicals, realistically speaking. 
I included uh, the number five, Demolition Duke, Charlie's top pick. I had the number eight, more than looks, Anglophile, and then the Todd Pletcher on the outside, Fearless Soldier. feel like if anyone else wins that, I mean, I'm more than willing to take the loss because I, I think those are the four most logical. Zeitlow singled again. Don't need to go in any more on uh, him. Um, I have wet paint and Hoosier Philly, but I also have champagne calling. If this horse just gets the jump on wet paint and Hoosier Philly is just not that good. Um, I don't want to get knocked out if this horse loses. So I also have her on my ticket one, two, six, seven in the, and the Chorleywood, Chorleywood, excuse me. But, um, realistically I have therapist on there. I, I, I can't Same leave him off the ticket. Guessing, yeah, exactly. I can't leave him off the ticket. Um, I'm willing to spend a little bit extra money. Um, but other than that, it's just my top my top two, a top three, it's Bay Street Money, Foreign Relations, and then Hidden Stash, the 15 to one horse that I really liked. And then um, in the last race, I have, I do not have the one, but I have Don Stady in there for Tom Amos, a little bit slow, but definitely could improve in this spot. Lucy Cakes Fly, T Max, the favorite, and the number seven, Bell Aria, um, $96 again. I think this horse, I think this ticket can really have a good chance of hitting. And if, if we can get a few of those prices home can definitely, definitely pay. So guys, thanks so much. And I'm putting Michael Austin's up uh, one of our uh, most <clears throat> astute and um, supportive viewers is put his pick five in the ticket in the chat. So I'll go over that. It's five, eight, nine with one, with one, the double single going uh, Zeitlos into wet paints and then spread, spread two, six, seven, eight, one, two, four, six, seven, eight. For Michael Austin in the chat, Michael, thanks so much for going in. Very cheap. If wet paint, yeah, I mean, if wet paint loses, if that's your top opinion, hey, you know what I say, Michael, all the time is if that's your top opinion, hit it hard. And if your top opinion just doesn't win, then you just chalk it up as a loss for that day. But I love the ticket, Michael. I love the stands. But um, there is a few. Um, thanks so much, Keith, for joining the show, man. Go enjoy your time in Hawaii. Go enjoy your beach. Thanks so much for tuning in the show. It means a lot, honestly. But good luck to all with their bets on horse racing at Ellis Park this Saturday. And tune in tomorrow. Excuse me. Before I before we move on to the sports real quick, I'll give Charlie his time to talk about his NBA stuff. And then Patrick and I are going to go over a little bit of U.S. Open betting for this weekend. But um, tune in tomorrow for uh, tomorrow, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Howard, Paul, and Pete are going over the late pick five at Monmouth with three grade threes on saturday so again if you have any interest at all please go and watch their show tomorrow night is going to be an absolutely great one and again subscribe to those power picks but guys thanks so much to everybody else for um for joining the show greatly appreciate it um charlie i'm gonna go we're gonna go over the u.s open first and then we'll talk about uh, the nba finals afterwards but for those of you that don't know or don't follow golf this week is the third golf major of the year it is the u.s open at la country club in, and I've seen videos. I don't know if you have Patrick at all, but man, that course is ridiculous. Just the you know your um your your rough video that you get every year from the U.S. Open that the ball drops in and literally disappears. Um, there's a video today of the greens where they put it from one side of the green to the other and it rolled all the way back down past them. When it, and it put it past the hole. I mean, it's just insane. The favorite is Scotty Scheffler, as it should be realistically. He's played lights out all year at plus 600. Then you have John Rahm at plus 900. Kepka, Mr. Major at plus 1100. McElroy, I could end up eating my words, but a, 
uh, in my opinion, a ridiculous 1200 on Rory. Cantley plus 1600, Xander Shoffley's plus 1800, Hovland plus 1800, Spieth at 2200, and then Cam Smith rounds out the top at plus 3000. Patrick, I'll let you kind of go over what you're thinking, and then um, I'll give my two cents and we'll move on to the NBA Finals. Yeah. So, you know, LACC is the type of course where, you know, you hit it in the fairway, you, you can hit it deep. You know, you, mm-hmm. fairways are wide open there. You know, that's not a problem. It's a par 70. Um, you know, you hit it in the fairway, hit it decently straight, hit it long. You, you got a shot. Uh, you know, the greens are going to be tough, but, you know, that's what the U.S. Open always is. The greens are always going to be tough there and the rough's going to be a problem. And, you know, the two guys I'm singling in on in this tournament are actually two live guys. Uh, I think Rob uh, I think Rob brought it up and he actually said it. Uh, my, I'm a big Bryson DeChambeau fan this week. You know, I look back at his uh, his win at, win at Wingfoot a couple years back in the U.S. Open. I just think he's rounding into form. He had a tied for fourth at the uh, PGA Championship. I've heard a, I've heard a couple, you know, little whispers about him preparing very well at LACC. Um, and at plus 4,000, I think he's got a gigantic chance. And even if you don't think he's going to win, plus 360 to be in the top 10. Big fan of Bryson this week. Uh, he seems to be getting his putting back, and he, he just looks healthy. And, you know, everybody, the stress, even like the stress on him, you know, with the live stuff. Now I feel like that's kind of gone. So, uh, you know, I, I think Bryson's got a big shot, as well as Brooks Kepka. And, uh, you know, I don't want to bet Brooks to, uh, I'll bet Brooks to win, but I do like him at t- in the top 10 at plus 130 is like a little bit of a value play. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Anytime you can get plus money on Mr. Major and a major fan on the top 10, I mean, I love that. I just showed a bunch of comments. I'll go over them as I can. But um, there's two guys I love, and Patrick. I mean, uh, Pat Howard already took one of them. As he took, he must be reading my notes right here. I swear to God. But um, Howard goes. Homa has the course record at LA Country Club, which he does. And I love Homa as a value play. You can get a lot of value of him everywhere. And I've loved Hovland ever since the season started. I think he really has come into his own this year. Um, winning two back by the um, – I can't remember the freaking tournament. It's not coming to me right now, the tournament that Hovland won. But um, winning two back and coming into this um, – he didn't play last week, so he's going to come rested up. And he's been, pra- he's been at L.A. Country Club this entire week. So I really like Hovland at least in the top ten. Um, and Homa in the top 10 as well, at least top 20, but I'm going to play them both in the top 10 um, on their own and parlay them together, and I'll probably play um, Hovland to win on the side as well. But I just think there's a lot of good value that can be created in this spot. Scheffler, I mean, Scheffler plus 600. Once you start going down top five, top 10, he goes into the minuses, but Scheffler has played absolutely lights out all year long. And I think kind of leaving him, you know, just kind of hoping that he's not going to be there, I think is a little bit of a, I mean, a, a mistake, if you will. I mean, he's going to be there. You know that. At, at toward, he'll be probably at least top 10 unless something insane, insane happens. But um, I, Homa and Hovland are my two plays. So um, I don't, I don't think he'll miss the cut, Rob. I personally don't. Just how well he's played at LA in the past, but. Patrick, what you got? Uh, I tend to agree with Rob. I hate to, you know, home just hasn't done it in the majors for me. That's the problem. And, you know, we could talk about the home course and stuff like that. 
this course is playing different than what the way he's played it. And I know that for a fact, um, you know, they changed this style up a lot, but listen, Max Holm is a stud. So, you know, he, he's, he, he it's not like he's not going to show up to a course and be ready to play. So he just ha- hasn't done it in the majors this year. So, but we'll say, Hey, listen, you know, you're going to get a good price on him. I mean, you will get a good price on him. And I think he, did he place second in a major once? I think it was one of them, but Either way, I, I do agree with you, Patrick, and your point is definitely taken for a lot of these people. Um, but it's just a matter of there's a, I mean, golf's a great sport to where no matter where you look, you're going to get value. Yeah, but it's very hard to look in the correct place. Granted, you can always go with the top players, but there's always guys that like that around that 3500 mark to win that will give you no plus. 250 260 to get into the top 10 and i think that's where you can really create value is you you whether you like to parlay or not um you know i usually tend to parlay two or three guys for top 10 with a top 20 or something along those lines to kind of create a an eight to one bet if you will i think um like i said i think the u.s open is going to be a great tournament this weekend i'll definitely have it on the tv all four rounds and i may be a little biased but um but I love my golfers. I have Homa, Hovland, and Keegan Bradley in my um, family golf pool that we do every year. We get certain an X amount of dollars uh, prize earnings from last year to pick golfers out of. And I ended up with those three guys. So, again, you can call bias whatever it wants. But I think they both are set up really well. Homa with home course advantage. Hovland with um, how good he's playing. Red hot hand. I love those guys to be in. And as long as Keegan Bradley can make the cut. I'll be happy, but um, realistically, uh, like I said, the US Open is going to be a great tournament. It's definitely a must-watch. I don't think there's going to be very many extremely low scores this weekend. I think LA Country Club is going to play pretty hard. Um, but as pa- Howard touched on in the chat, there's a lot of there's five par threes on the course, so you know your long ball hitters, especially at least for an overall sense of the course, won't play into it too much. Um, LA Country Club is not the longest course in the world, so. Um, but Patrick said, if you, I mean, if you can play it deep, you can definitely take advantage of some of those holes that are on that course. But um, I like Homa Hovland, Patrick. Um, I don't. Did you say who was your best bet? Oh, Kapka and DeChambeau, right? For yep. live guys. Um, like I said, can't go wrong with Mister Major. I'm fully in support of that pick at least. But um, realistically, Rob, both those guys have played like garbage. So I, I couldn't. I don't know why he's lower than DJ, to be honest with you, just based on experience alone. But um, I, and if I could, again, I could eat my words again, but if they place top 20, if DJ places top 10, I'll be extremely um, like, I can't think of the, I'm drawing a blank, but I'll be, it'll be extremely interesting if he can get anywhere near the top 10, because he hasn't shown it in the PGA tour majors in a while. So um, Charlie, you have the floor now, my friend. Uh, Denver won five games. We all predicted it. It was kind of a very, even though we said Denver wouldn't lose at home, they lost one game at home and then slapped Miami in the face and Miami, and they went back to Denver. And now Aaron Gordon's partying in the streets with the bunch of the, with the rest of the fans, uh, man of the people. But Pat, Charlie, the floor is yours, my friend. I'll give you whatever, whatever uh, stuff you want to yell about, but it's all you, my friend. 
Yeah, so I mean, I will say shout out to me and uh, Kyle for product, pr- uh, correctly predicting Denver to win in five. Didn't surprise me one bit. I, I, I mean, credit to the Heat for taking the game in Denver. I didn't think it'd go down that way, but it's just too much size, too much talent. The Heat had no business being there. The East, everybody's been knowing the East is weak. The East has always been the joke conference. We've been knowing that the West is where the actual teams play. Uh, but that's besides the fact I stand by what I put as my, you know, little sub bar. Uh, it's off-season time. I don't know. Again, I know we don't know what happens with Chris Paul, but I think he gets waived and resigned. I think the Suns are going to be the – I know they won't open as the favorites, but I think the Suns are coming back in blood and they're winning the title next year. They were completely banged up, and they were the only team to give Denver any sort of fear. Uh, but, again, sticking with Denver themselves, all the credit in the world. I mean, Jokic really made it fun. I, I can't stand Denver. I hate most of their team, but I love Nikola Jokic. He's just such a fun, cool guy. I mean, I don't know. For those of you who follow basketball or don't, but, you know, after they won the game, he just said the job's finished and he's happy he can go home. Uh, he barely drank the champagne. He didn't even want to party. And then, like, when uh, when he was doing his presser after the game, they said how he was feeling about the parade. And then he looked over to the PR guy and said, wait, we have a parade on Thursday. And he put his hand in his heads and said he wants to just go home to his horses. So I got to respect yeah. him, love that. He is a big horse guy, for those of you who don't know. So if you're not into basketball and you're into horse racing, I know it'll make you seem like a bandwagon, but if you need an excuse to root for someone, Nikola Jokic loves his horses. Um, so there's the, that, my favorite quote from him is uh, when he was 12, all he wanted to do was quit basketball and race horses. That's all he wanted to do. There's a quote. Yeah, that I would say as a like, jockey would be a problem. He'd probably destroy every horse in mankind. Well, a, hey, he, he, he was a um, he has a bunch of videos online. Um, he's actually a harness racer. So okay, he's that a, makes a little more sense. He's a guy. He's a driver. So it was actually it's kind of cool. If you haven't found that. Uh, if you haven't heard that before, go search up Nikola Jokic horse time. racing. We should show that next show. We'll show a little clip of it. Um, yep. But uh, so, yeah, shout out to him. Uh, for the hockey fans out there, shout out to the Vegas Knights for winning last night. Just, I mean, if you're a Florida fan, it's rough. You know, obviously two miracle runs to get to the Stanley Cup and NBA Finals. Yep. You also watch your teams lose in five. I think the Panthers cool. one was obviously harder just because they got embarrassed. I mean, it they was over slapped, right yeah. off rip. Yeah, they got destroyed. I know Kachuk got hurt, but still, you can't go out that sad. Uh, the Heat, again, I just think – I mean, I don't like all the Jimmy Butler I hate. I saw it on bias because he's still a bull for life in my eyes. But, I mean, he was playing terrible, and then all of a sudden became Hemi Butler again and tried to save him, but it was just too little too late. Their offense was just one of the – I love Eric Spolster, but, man, their offense, for those of you who watched that game, was just one of the hardest things I think I've they ever just, watched. They just they couldn't, couldn't score basketball. Yeah, they they, just yeah couldn't the problem is the, the Heat live and die by the three. They're a small ball team that likes to push the pace and play strong defense and take a ton of threes with role players like DePaul Legend, Max Struess. And the problem is when they're missing their wide open threes, they can't win a game. And that's ultimately what it came down to. But just, yeah, get ready for your futures, folks. Wait for the Chris Paul news. But once it's in stone, bet the Suns to win it all next year. Just take your money to the bank now. Uh, yeah, that's all I really got to say about sports. And then one other shout out real quick. I don't know if anybody here is into UFC MMA, but shout out to my boy Charles Oliveira, who got a huge win this past weekend. A lot of people were down to him. That's my favorite fighter. Uh, he's a legend. He's a really good fighter. I think he's coming back for the title. He's uh, yeah, he's gonna he take should. out his I mean, He dumpstered that guy. <laughs> he's gonna take out his Amakashev. I'm quoting it here first. I'll take all the heat I get for it. He will finish his Amakashev. If if Makayev loses, uh, I mean Olivero would be a good one to lose, but I I mean Islam has just been well, if he, beats, if he beats Oliveira, I think it's over. There's no one left for him to fight because then he's just fighting guys who are only strikers and who ha- he has no fear on the ground. Because that's the thing about Charles. Is he's a great striker, but he's also unreal in jiu-jitsu, so it's scary to go on the ground with him. But, uh, yeah, that's my whole sports rant. And uh, for golf, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I don't know the first thing, but 
I like the guy's name, Xander Shifley or something. Xander Shoffley. Yeah. I was just looking up the odds and trying to find someone <laughs> you guys didn't pick, and Xander's just a dope name. So I'm going to go with him. And if he wins, <laughs> man, you guys might need to be removed as golf experts because I don't watch it at all. But uh, hey, that, pick, that's my, that's wow. my pick. That's hey, my picking pick. horses by their names, man. Every every uh, every blind squirrel finds the nut every now and then. So but... that's what I'm going with, folks. Take him. Put a, put a, sprinkle I... a few bucks for my sake. I agree with you, Chris. I mean, it's it. He's just so good on the ground, and just I mean, they already they already fought, and he kind of just got pushed around in a way on the ground. Oh, so. agree. But Charles said that that wasn't the Charles Oliveira, and I'll believe him. He said he was back against Benil, who's a guy who hadn't lost in what five years, had eight straight wins, and Charles destroyed him. Yeah, I mean, the Charles is a good striker. Don't get that wrong, but it's yeah, a matter he of can he can he compete on the ground with a guy yeah. like Islam? I mean, I he mean, has the most submissions in UFC history, so he's a scary guy to take to the ground. But you're right. If Islam can just – I mean, the way Islam beat him last time was he just rocked him twice because Charles didn't respect him on the feet, and then he got a finish on the ground. So I'm banking yep. on Charles being a smart fighter. If he fights like he did against Benil, Islam is in trouble. I'll take all that plus money. I'm taking Charles by knockout. So uh, that's my early pick for whatever that's, that Now that one is bold. Uh, Charles by knockout is really bold. I don't bold. think he's going to submit him just because even though he's a great submission artist, when have it. you ever seen a Dagestani guy get out wrestled? You know what I mean? Like I just don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. That's their game. I don't disagree with you, man, but um, I, and then again, the last thing for racing downwind, my friend, if you haven't seen his uh, Twitter at racing downwind, he has a bunch of videos on the golden Knights. He was at a bar watching it. Congratulations to them. Vegas finally gets their cup after, uh, finally, four after years of being <laughs> right there. Yeah. I mean, they made it the first year as an expansion team with my, yeah. with the goat Mark Andre flurry in that and couldn't get it done. Couldn't get him another cup, but. No, congrats to the Knights. I mean, we just had a lot of major sporting news this week. Yeah, so, now we're in the lull. It's just horse racing season, folks. Just buckle hey, on down. They, nothing wrong with that by any means, my friend. Always love a good horse racing season. But to everyone out there and to my co-host, thanks so much for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. We had a bunch of with a really good viewership, and especially even through the sports stuff. Um, just great um, chat, great comments. Uh, you know, on this show, I love to have an open discussion. So, uh, every, thank you to everybody in the chat who commented, contributed, and um, like I said, just hope to continue to do it next week. Um, and if you are, if, again, if you have, weren't here earlier, please tune in tomorrow for uh, the flagship show, tuning, uh, going over the late pick five at Monmouth on Saturday. Again, that is 8 p.m. Eastern. It is a hour earlier than Benton and Boozen. For my co-host, Patrick Kunsel and Charlie Freeman, this has been Kyle Roscoe in episode number 26 of betting and boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good night.